Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks to Issue for supporting Earn Your Happy. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issue.com slash podcast and use promo code Lori. And thanks to Base for supporting my podcast. Base lets you pack up your stuff and hit the road with high quality, well-designed travel bags and accessories that won't break the bank. Right now, Base is offering you... 15% off your first purchase at basetravel.com slash Lori. I think it's important to find the virtue in everything that we do. And and as actors, right, like at best, we're distracting people from their, you know, people live like really stressful, hard lives. And when they can tune out to Netflix for an hour and Mm -hmm. lose themselves in some show, like... That's nice. That's important. Hey. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have a really amazing guest on. We had such an incredible conversation. And I think my favorite part about this interview is just how incredibly open and real he was. So my guest today is Josh Peck. And he was the child star in the show Drake and Josh, which was one of Nickelodeon's highest rated TV series. And he grew up to be an actor on many different things. He has starred in so many different shows that you've probably seen. He was on Disney Plus's Turner and Hooch series as the main star. He's been on The Big Bang Theory. He's been on The Mindy Project. He's literally been on so many shows that I'm actually not going to read them all because the list goes on and on. But what I want to say is that he has written an incredible book. And I think that talking to somebody who has gone through what he's gone through, whether it was being a child star and everything that comes with that or his incredible weight loss story and just the realization that sometimes your dreams coming true early can really create an interesting effect in your life later on. So hearing that perspective and just all of the wisdom that we can apply to our lives from his journey without having to travel it is really incredible. I know that I took away some really beautiful nuggets. So you guys, let's get into the show. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. So you have an awesome new book out. And is this your first book? It is. And hopefully my only. (laughs) We were just talking about this. So I've put out a book. I put it out in 2017. I did the whole thing. So I probably not to the extent that I'm guessing that you have done the whole thing. But your book is called Happy People Are Annoying. And I love this title because I've felt both ways. I want to be happy. And also when you're not happy, happy people are annoying. But I want to know what's been the most, you know, I feel like you're a person who extracts lessons from like everything that you do. What has been the thing for you? Have you gotten the lesson from this book yet? Or do you think that's coming? I think so. I mean, as far as I know, I did my friend Sean Avery's podcast and he's a great athlete, played in the NHL for like 12 years and now is a successful actor and kind of his second act of his life. And he kind of just talked about how he had written a book and how in finishing the book, he was sort of ending that act of his life. Mm. And I so identified with that, like closing that side, that chapter, like I editorialized it. I gave people my opinion on my, what, what might've been misconceptions or Mm. what was just sort of the common sort of idea of who I was. And now I can kind of move on. I feel like I understand that. It felt like truly, no pun intended, but a chapter had closed. So what's bubbling up for you in the next one? Who, if you had to write down what you thought this next portion of your life was going to look like and be, how would you summarize that for me? It's so damn hard. I love when I had um, the comedian Neil Brennan on my podcast, Male Models. And when Mm -hmm. I had him on my pod, I remember he said, you know, you'll probably get everything you always wanted, just not the way you expected. Mm. And then he paused and said, actually, you'll probably get everything you always wanted, but by the time you get it, you won't want it anymore. And I love that. We literally, my husband and I just said this on our walk yesterday. I said, you know when everything comes, when you don't want it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it was pretty proleptic, especially for my life, but I think it's universal. Like It's a worthy bet. 
because now when I'm acting, you know, it's really just become that I like the practice of it. Like I like mm. preparing and doing research and then the act of doing it. But everything else that I had associated with the lifestyle or, I mean, you know, I have to make money because I have kids and a wife and all that. But everything else I had associated with, wow, what it would mean to be in that one percenter what that would mean and the friends I would have and the prestige and the way people would look at me has become terribly uninteresting. So this is the question that I'm like spiraling in right now because I kind of feel like a chapter of my life is we have these multiple chapters in our life. And the question that I'm in that I have for you around your thoughts are, so how do we stay excited? Like you've kind of done the things that you want to do. I feel like you've checked off a lot of things off your bucket list have you ever hit a point where you're like, how do I get re-motivated? How do I get more present? Like, how do I really drop in and, and like enjoy where I'm at? Because I know that more things or bigger goals aren't going to make me feel any different. So what are some of the things that you do to kind of like really drop in and try to enjoy your life right now, no matter what? It's a great question. I think it's all about staying curious. I played a physicist in this movie I did recently. So I got to interview this guy, Dr. Brian Keating, who's a physicist at UC San Diego. And and what he said was, he's like, you know, mathematicians tend to have an early burnout rate. Most of them do their great work, like, you know, where they could win the Nobel Prize or the Fields Medal, like before they're 30. And then they tend not to have as much breakthrough after that age. Interesting. He said, physicists tend to do great work well into their older years because physics is the laws of the universe. Oh, wow. So to understand physics or to try to understand it, in his opinion, is to try to understand the mind of God. Wow. Because it's the way, in theory, right? Like if the way the universe is set up was God's design, then he used physics. So to understand physics is to understand God's mind. And he basically just said, imagine the amount of curiosity that that could provide forever, because you'll never even come close to solving or understanding. And I I really thought that was a great way to sort of look at life. Oh, my God. Okay, so I can't believe I'm in the first five minutes of this podcast, but truly that just made me tear up because... I feel like definitely in that chapter of like marking things off the bucket list. And I think a lot of people who listen to this are, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs and it's really easy to just set something as a goal and think that that's obviously going to provide more money, more value, more experiences. But we were just on a trip in Italy and it was kind of a curated trip where it's like really trying to get into the culture and like extract the experience out of it. And This story that you just said that I'm going to carry with me for a long time, because that's so interesting about just like really staying curious and how mathematicians burn out early. That is so interesting. When we were in Italy, we were getting all these tours from Italian people. Like, you know, we were in Florence and all of these like Florence locals and and they were talking about how important things were. Like, it wouldn't matter what it is. They'd put a plate in front of us and be like, this is the most important plate that you can use when serving this pasta. This is the most important spot and everything was the most important. And the people that we were talking to were like so in love with their life. And we would ask them like, why do you think that Americans are so different? Why do you think that you guys are so in love with life and you enjoy your life? And they said something along the lines of that, like, 
we ponder everything. We're curious about everything. And then we make it mean something. Like we decide to be so present in the meaning and like just sit and ponder over wine and longer meals. And, and what you just said, I think goes to that whole theory of, wow, you have to really like choose to keep being curious and to make things important, right? Like to make meaning out of it and make it important. So when you are thinking about your future or just when you get in a funky place, because I know that you wrote this book about being happy. What are the things that you do, even just on a, uh, maybe a daily basis that make you flip from, first of all, I want to ask you, do you still get into a funky place? And then what are just like some of the basics that you do to get out of it? I heard you once said the ego has incredibly sort of recuperative powers. The Mm -hmm. ego has incredibly recuperative powers. And you know, my ego wants to separate me from you and from like my fellow man and wants to make me either think I'm better or worse than you. It really wants me to have huge expectations of the way the world should be, of how you should act, of, of the, the amount of prestige and reinforcement I'm getting all the time that my job is great and my family is great and people find me attractive and my bank account is overflowing and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I heard it once said, my ego needs a nonstop banquet and my soul needs a crouton. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I'm constantly, and it's a practice, man. And it's sometimes, you know, if I can like go 36 hours without actively thinking about me, like yeah, that's a miracle. So I try to stay busy. I try to do something that physically, you know, disrupts that cycle, you know, keep my body moving, actually like ignite those good feeling serotonin endorphins that's provided when you, you know, hike or dance or work out or do yoga or whatever, go boxing. And then ideally it's a being service to other people. Luckily I have a wife and a kid, so it's easy to be of service Mm -hmm. to them. But like the real Jedi trick is if I can somehow be of service to a stranger mm. or do something nice and not get caught. I remember early in recovery when I got sober, that was like the big mantra of this men's meeting I went to, like, do something good and don't get caught. That's do something good. nice for someone and don't mm. get caught. That would definitely snap you out of a funk right away. You know, I, while I was like researching you, which was so much fun. And you guys, if you if you don't follow him, definitely go follow him. He's got so many great videos that like, <laughs> if you're in a funk, we can go do that. We can go help someone and we can go look at your videos. So oh, we sure. Can too. <laughs> well, we can simultaneously, we can do them. Or we can show someone we don't know your videos. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. So you said... I found a quote that said, I was always looking for something to fix my insides. And eventually I realized that whether my life beyond my wildest dreams or a total mess, it didn't matter because you couldn't, like it wouldn't change your mind. And I just have so resonated with that in my life. I I feel like everybody could resonate with that. Can you tell me that moment when you, was it a decision for you? I know there's a million decisions that go into it in a million moments, but did you have a moment where you were like, okay, I'm going to decide that when I think this or when I view it this way or or what was it? What were some of those moments that added up to that? Well, I think what happens is, is that throughout our life and throughout those periods where we're like doing research on misery and maybe mm. that's at the bottom of a bottle, maybe that's in a bad relationship, maybe that's in a job that you hate but think you need, 
the myriad of other ways that we try to self-soothe and fix ourselves through outside things. And trusted confidants, apostles, people who matter, self-help books, good readings, just things we're accruing during this time, they're planting seeds in our head. And to me, I find it's like a perfect confluence of these seeds get planted and they start to grow a truth forest in your brain that you cannot ignore anymore. Eventually it grows so tall that you're just like, oh, I can't ignore that this is valid and real. And then you need to hit a bottom. I just feel like pain is the great motivator of my life and I never learned anything on a good day. So for me, it was like, I talk about in the book, I, you know, I grew up overweight and I lost a hundred pounds. And then as soon as I had the body, I always thought I wanted I fell into drugs and alcohol because I still had the same mind. Mm. And I tried that for four years. And then I booked this movie and I worked so hard to do this part that was like my dream role with Sir Ben Kingsley, my favorite actor. And it, and I remember standing there at 21 at the Sundance Film Festival and the movie is getting a standing ovation. And just on paper, I had like kind of done it or what I had thought would fix me. Hmm. And I just remember waking up the same morning and thinking, oh, no, I'm still here. Like, mm-hmm. my mind is the same. I lost the weight. I got the gig. I got the praise. And it's still not enough. And it was in that moment that my worst fear was sort of realized, which was like, oh, no, you're bottomless. Hmm. And so it was only through facing that bottom and doing something about it, which was, you know, for me, it was going into recovery and getting into a 12-step program that that afforded me, like, the knowledge of all the work that I had to do on myself. But I wasn't in, um, I wasn't deluded anymore. I wasn't sort of in denial. I finally was like, oh, I see. Like, this is now going to be a constant practice for the rest of my life. It's doable, but there's no finish line. Sometimes we don't get a second chance at first impressions. So if you're looking to make an impact with your online content, you need Issue. The easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share everywhere you want to be seen. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flipbooks and brochures and more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative and easy-to-view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without any reformatting. Your content is always optimized for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. In a world where there's so much noise, you you need to stand out. Issue is the platform to help you do that. And you can start using Issue free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. I've been using Issue with Light Pink. I absolutely love it. I'm obsessed. We use it for our cocktail guide and our holiday gift guide. And it literally helped up-level the brand. Not only that, it helped us get a lot of new followers and people into our email because it looked so freaking good. Get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code Lori. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code Lori at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code Lori. Oh man. So if you could go back, let's say it's a room of 
I'm picturing like that telephone game, you know, where you whisper it and you figure out what it says at the end. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. You're playing this telephone game with like 50, 13 year olds. What is the one message that you would go back or that you would like to give 50, 13 year olds that hopefully they don't totally screw up by the end of it, but that they're all listening to if you could just give one at that age? Oh God. The problem with it is that I don't even know if they would be equipped to hear it. You know, like I know I wasn't, I got a lot of good advice, but I just wasn't in the place to really employ that. Maybe there's a phrase for them. So what's, maybe there's something, you know, someone, I feel like someone said something to me that really impacted me. It was like, what would you go back if you could almost like be your, your parent? And like, what would you whisper in your ear that you needed the most from a parent at that time? What is that phrase that maybe you needed to hear from maybe your mom or dad or like someone you really looked up to at that time about you or about your life? Do you know what that would be? Yeah, I mean, I think about what I'd say to my son. and I guess I would say, I don't know if I could distill it to one thing. I would tell him everything will work out, just Mm. not in the way you expected. And the attempt is the miracle. Like not, obviously, we know that we got to stay out of the results, but (laughs) <laughs> the fact that you have the opportunity to try mm. has got to be enough. Oh, I needed that today. <laughs> wow, that's good. It's so true. It, so would you, looking back on the like the biggest failures, were they required for you to become the person that you are today? Like, were they vital? Or do you think that you would trade some of them in and be like, oh, I didn't need that one? Oh boy. I, you know, it's funny. I've been looking back recently at like these pivotal moments in my life. I was talking to my shrink about it the other day. Like I was like, I have failed a lot. Like, and yet somehow I seem to be failing up. (laughs) And, and it doesn't, it hasn't stopped, which makes me believe that like, I don't know. I don't know what the version of failure looks like for the people I look up to, Leonardo DiCaprio, like the people who I look at and go like, oh my God, like he never fails. He's always brilliant. I mean, obviously I know I'll, I'll never, you know, be even close to that, but it's always good to have a hero or, or a role model in that way. But I don't know what his version looks like. And then there's me, right? Who maybe for a small portion of people who watch me grow up or enjoy what I've done in a smaller, much different way, they might look at me that way. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I wrote this book, right? It's like, there are people who grew up with me and could have easily thought, well, he was 21 with his own TV show. He must have had it all figured out. And I was like, well, in fact, I, I was very far from that. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, yes, I think all the failures were absolutely necessary. And I'm so pissed that I have to keep <laughs> failing every now and then. It's not all the time, but I can't believe I still have to at 35. Mm. I'm pretty sure we have to till we die really i think so you know i think she thinks she is but i'm curious to find out what it would be like me too (laughs) yeah very curious let's get her on a show what do you say um (laughs) like i was who did i talk to about this the other day and again this is not antagonizing right like this is what i have to remember president barack obama (laughs) and bruce springsteen Arguably, two of you know the greatest sort of icons of this generation didn't get their podcast renewed at Spotify. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I didn't know that. 
look, maybe they didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't but know. We're not going to go with that. We're going to go with the other one because it suits our conversation. Right. Like, that's exactly right. Now, it means nothing to them, or maybe it does. I don't know. But inevitably, like, I have to remember that, like, okay, gotcha. Mm. Like, even people who have accomplished more than I could ever dream of, they can also dip their toe in other things that don't quite connect. Mm-hmm. And you have to, to kind of know what that next curiosity or chapter is kind of what you're saying, you know, just, I feel like that is an interesting topic in and of itself is kind of following that energy and trying to figure it out. So where you are right now, I I feel like, you know, you've probably had a lot of things that take you on an emotional roller coaster. You probably had like things that obviously you hear, you get a roll. You've got this amazing like dopamine hit. You're so excited. You're thinking of what could be. And it's like, now I'm wondering at this point in your life, just from everything that I've gathered, maybe your highs don't get as high and potentially your lows don't get as low, hopefully. So how do you figure out like what's lighting you up? Because maybe now you have such a practical view of it, knowing it's not going to be this highest high that you used to think it was. But how do you follow the things? Like, how do you know when the next thing is exciting you? And if you want to do it, and if you want to put all the work into it, is that making sense? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm really lucky that like my hobby and my passion is also the thing that that affords me my livelihood. Mm. Because a lot of people are wild for pottery or for an instrument, but they have a nine to five and that's cool. That's most of the world. And It just so happens the thing I'm kind of obsessed with is also the thing that I make a living doing, at least for today. And Mm -hmm. so I think like, you know, I go to acting class once a week and I put up scenes and I sit there. And even after I have like, you know, I've been really lucky the last year I've worked, you know, more than I ever had. And I put up a scene in front of my class and my teacher goes, you didn't consider this, did you? Or this turn didn't work here. And I go, Oh my God, like I'll never perfect this thing that I have been doing for 20 years and still, (laughs) you know, but that's, and that, and it's just weird. I have this thing that I'm kind of obsessed with and what's been revealed to me, especially recently is like, I keep letting go of everything that surrounds this one thing. And I just become interested in that. Like it's, Mm. it's really my only, um, It's like my only North star. What do you love about it? And if for some reason, somebody took away the form of acting that you're doing now, let's just say a recession comes, nothing's happening, like it's gone. How would you reproduce what you are doing in your life? Like, could you recreate kind of what you're doing in your life in a different way? What would that look like? Well, I kind of do that now with like the last 10 years, sort of with my social media presence Mm. and videos and and that unlocked an income stream for me that that afforded me a lot of security and I'm really grateful for and podcasting and, you know, and writing this book. So there are things that are adjacent to acting proper that I've been able to utilize some skills I picked up from that and apply it to these things. And then I think as an actor, like if I really couldn't make money doing it, I think I would try to make a living doing these things that are close to it. And then I don't know, maybe going and performing at like the children's hospital. Like, I think it's important to find the virtue in everything that we do. And mm. and as actors, right, like at best, we're distracting people from their, you know, people live like really stressful, hard lives. And when they can tune out to Netflix for an hour and mm. lose themselves in some show, like, 
that's nice. That's important. So I think I would try to do something good with this skill that I've sort of been working on for this song if I couldn't do it Mm. professionally anymore. Yeah, I love hearing that because I like to think everything that we do can kind of like we transform and transferred into something. And we're so lucky right now to live in a time with social media where there are so many opportunities for people to like pivot and figure out how we can serve in different ways. I love that you love acting so much that you want to like serve with it as well, which is when you know you're just like in that sweet spot. You're like, and this is how I would also love to give back, which is probably the highest form for you of giving back like energetically and and how people would enjoy you. Okay, I want to know something that you wanted like really bad early on in your career but didn't come right away. And you can see why it didn't come to you at that time. Oh boy. I mean, there's so much. I mean, I basically spent most of my twenties doing bad work and I didn't know (laughs) why. Like it was fine. It was just super inconsistent because I hadn't really recommitted myself to craft and learning it and practicing it. And I was really, really lost in ego and trying to look good and wanted the announcement and wanted people just, you know, it's not, I didn't want to be some movie star or some superstar. I just was terrified of being relegated to like, ah, yet another, the road rash of child actors, Mm. you know, yet another um, casualty. Mm. And that I was more, much more terrified of that. I just wanted to be considered a working actor. So when I wasn't working, it was just full of so much fear. So yeah, like I, yeah, I spent like 10 years just wrapped up in that. And it took a long time for me to realize like, okay, when I remove all that and all the subterfuge and all the ego and all that part, like what's my, like my buddy said, what's your capital T truth that only you can see. Hmm. And it was like, oh, I actually do love acting when everything's removed, but it took a long time to get to that. Yeah. I feel like that's where we spend a lot of our 20s and some 30s a lot of times, sometimes more than that. What is your favorite thing about acting? Like, do you act in your life anywhere? Like, is there points where you're like, oh, I'm kind of using acting and that's okay because it's actually like making this, like I'm trying to make this better? I know what you mean. There's a lot of actors, especially kid actors who walk into like normal life and I'll be like, hey, it's just us here. (laughs) Like, no one is rolling. Like, yeah. Be yourself. Some people can't. I don't know mm. if, if everyone knows exactly who them, their themselves is yeah. uh, or who their self is. I So I think like I have to be careful because because I've been doing this since I was like eight or nine. My default is very theatrical and very like drama nerd. And my <laughs> wife, too, will be like, cut it out. Stop it. Like it's too sticky. It's too broad. It's too big. It's not real. So I, you know, what I love, what do I love about acting? I, you know, I think it's, it's very nostalgic for me. It transports me back to falling in love with movies and TV and just being obsessed with it as a kid and using it as an escape from my mom and I going through financial insecurity or navigating challenging waters, not having a dad or being overweight or all Mm. these things. And I equated it to like, Becoming an actor for me is like someone going to work for the hospital that cured their cancer. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm paying a penance, like, Mm -hmm. for everything it did for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. I I was an overweight kid. My whole family was overweight. And I would plaster fitness covers all over 
And I became a cover model because I truly, that was my payback of doing that. That was like my North Star. I carried them in bags. Every, like they were like tattered. I was obsessed. So I so 100% feel you. Okay, this is so interesting to me because so my, whenever I'm talking to people about changing, whenever I've wanted to change my life or switch gears or become a different person or, you know, get into a different industry because I've done that a few different times. What I've done mm-hmm. is like, almost do like full immersion into that environment or like take on a character or like think of the version of me of how I would show up in in that way. And I truly end up becoming that person or changing my life in that direction. And you kind of do that a lot. Like you go in these different characters and in these different places. Number one, has that been challenging that you've ever like taken on traits or is it sometimes a positive thing? Do you take on traits and like, have you ever adopted anything from a character that was super positive that you're like, this is amazing. Like that was, I'm going to carry this with me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was laziness or fear, but you know, I would watch these actors who would completely immerse themselves in a character for three or six months. And it doesn't mean talking like that character wherever you're, you know, going even in normal street clothes when you're not on set, but you know, guys who would go and if they're playing a firefighter, they would go hang out with firefighters for three months. And I love all that now. I used to think it was like kind of odd or overdoing it. And now like, I find it's a fascinating. I mean, it allows me to be able to quote a physicist on your podcast. I mean, (laughs) I'm just like a no good kid actor who dropped out of high school. What do I know about physics? Mm. But I know some stuff now because I did the research because I knew that on the other side of feeling I did this show Turner and Hooch for Disney plus last year. And, and we did like 12 episodes of this show. And the theme of the show was, I was playing this really sweet, deeply good character who was kind of neurotic and OCD and but funny. And I was like, I think I'm pretty sure I can do that stuff. Like <laughs> that sounds like I've got some of that in my own life, but he was a U.S. Marshal mm. and that I didn't know anything about. And I also was intimidated by having to feel like I could be the guy that could really save someone. Mm. And the U.S. Marshals are nothing to stop at. Like, they are some badass guys. So I went on ride-alongs with real U.S. Marshals. And I went to their headquarters in Southern California. And I chatted with our advisor, Scott Samuels, for hours on end so that I could feel confident. And so, yeah, like, now I know that that work frees me. Because I, what I don't want to feel is a fake while the, the camera's rolling. So I have to do all this to feel like, hell yeah, like I couldn't do it in real life. I'm not that guy. But I, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I understand this enough to have an aptitude for something or I'm just like comfortable in that skin. You guys, I literally flip out for a good piece of luggage. (laughs) Let me tell you, I am obsessed with my new podcast partner. Base, luggage, and bags literally feel like they were made for me. I'm telling you, it's going to make the journey to wherever you're going incredible and super freaking cute. So I'm super excited to tell you guys that you get 15% off of your first purchase when you go to basetravel.com forward slash Lori. That's B-E-I-S-T-R-A-V-E-L.com slash Lori. And if you followed Chris and I for a while, you know that we don't take our summers lightly. 
and we really like to jump on a plane and get away, travel. We have a lot of family in Wisconsin. We have a house in Newport. You guys, we are obsessed with the idea of just being able to up and go when we want, grabbing your laptop, doing work on the airplane, and really not buying into the old ideas that you just have to be stuck working where you are. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors. And for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes and your laptop because that's what I'm doing right now. And it's all made so you can store it separately. Base has the perfect piece for every type of trip that you're going to take. If you go to the website, you can check it out. Really, it doesn't matter if it's a weekend or you're going overseas. I'm telling you, they have everything set for you and it's going to make you feel so cute and organized. You can't beat the functionality and style. I want you to start building up your collection of durable, functional luggage like I have with Base so you can travel without looking like you're going on a business trip every time. Right now, Base is offering you 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash Lori. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash Lori. Wow, that makes so much sense. I've never thought of that actually, that actors like have to actually, I mean, I know I know that they do a lot of work behind the scenes, but they have to actually feel like capable of showing up in that way. Yeah, they may not have to do that every day and they're going to have some help, but you actually have to feel capable of showing up and believable that you could be this person. That's got to be like, and I can, as you got more seasoned, did you notice a difference, like a huge difference between how you walked on set and what were some of those things that you did mentally or emotionally to kind of prepare you as your, I feel like as your career grew, like to feel confident? Yeah, I think it's important to, look, my acting teacher says it to me all the time. She's like, I don't like frontal energy. She's like, I don't like leaning in. It just has a very people-pleasing, please-like-me type energy. She's like, stand on your heels, put your shoulders back, and be a man. Like, you can accomplish all of what you're doing, what you think you're getting from all this frontal energy. It's much more interesting from sitting back and taking a breath and feeling that confidence. So, Hmm. I think that's important. I think people want to be led. They want to feel that you're confident. And I think we, you know, in the age of toxic masculinity, speaking from the perspective of a dude, or I think we attributed it always having confidence in a, uh, to that 80s, 90s, super bro-y. So it became like, or at least I can speak for me, like, oh, I felt like the need to soften myself and to apologize and... Mm. You know, because I'm like, I don't want to be one of those douchey bros, like, because that's not cute either. But there was a middle ground. There was a part of it that can be like, no, you can just quietly lead and be confident. And, you know, when I did that show, Turner and Hooch, it was the first time where I was like the lead of a proper, like, big mm. budget show. And I knew that it was a leadership role. Mm. Because if I have a bad day, a lot of other people are going to have a bad day. Because it's going to take extra long. I'm not going to leave my trailer. Like this is what, when an actor's having a bad day and they take it out on the crew, people don't get home to see their kids in time. So I talked to my father-in-law who was a quarterback in the NFL before we started. And I said, do you have any advice on how to lead? And he Mm. said, what I would tell you is make the wins everyone's 
and make mm. the losses yours. Wow. And I thought that was so, so well, well put. Mm, that is beautiful. What is a character or role that you would want to play? Like, maybe you're like, I'll probably never play that, but secretly I want to be like in, I want to be a Marvel character or I want to be. So what is that character that when you watch it, you're like, damn, okay, maybe that's never happening, but that would have been really cool. Do you have one in your mind that jumps out right away? Like, man, Aquaman, that would have been it for me. Captain America, do you have one? Anything. And it doesn't have, obviously not Marvel, but anything. What's that role that you're like, that would be pretty epic. I think what would be fun would be to be like Jeremy Piven in Entourage, like an Ari Gold, hilarious, absurd, gigantic energy, says, Mm. you know, the wildest crap performance, but also like he got to do some beautiful emotional work Mm. on that show and stuff. I think that would be really fun. Okay. So second question for this then. So you get called, you get a role. You are like essentially maybe Entourage is coming out a new round, all new characters. (laughs) You're Jeremy Piven and Leonardo DiCaprio is, let's say, who is the other main character? I can't remember. In in Entourage. Okay. DiCaprio wasn't in Entourage. No, I'm just saying because I know you like him. So I'm throwing him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's the other main actor? There was like Adrian Grenier or Kevin Connolly. Okay, so Leo is playing Adrian now. So okay. that's what we're doing. Okay. So this is the call that you're getting. And they're like, you have to let us know like tonight if you're going to take this role. And you're thinking about it and you're like, oh my God, well, this is insane. It's what I've always wanted to do. Who would you call first that you need around you? Like, who do you need around you in order to become this character in your life? Are there coaches? Are there people? You don't have to say their names or not, but what roles of support do you need in your life in order to become this person so that you can say yes to this? Oh, you know, I'd call my acting teacher and we, we work on everything that I do. And I would just sort of have her on, um, on retainer mm-hmm. <laughs> and to break down every script and to just get very clear. You know, to me, what a great teacher can do in addition is they're great at forensics, like because a good script especially is a blueprint. And it's basically like, this is how to build the bookcase. But sometimes it can be, there are things that you can naturally maybe just not pick up on. Sometimes it says a lot about a character, not by what they say, but but how people react to them. Mm. So, you know, I could be in, a, my character could be in a scene and he could be saying something and the person goes like, why do you always act like that? Like, this is what happened with mom and this is why she left you. And like, all of a sudden, they're telling me so much about this guy. Like, Mm. wait, wait, he's this way with his mother. His wife left him because that's pretty extreme. If your partner leaves you over the way you act. Mm. But I, you know, sometimes an extra set of really smart eyes picks up on that. So having her, I probably put my boxing coach on a retainer because it's really important to feel physically fit Mm -hmm. and, and proud and and in that way. And I'd make sure I got my wife a lot of help with the kids because I'd probably be away a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I I think it just shows like, oh my goodness, at every level, sometimes we can think like, we make decisions based off of thinking us or can we do this and remembering like, you would get a team of people. You might even find more people. You know, we say- Remembering to say yes, if it's something that lights us up, but then remembering, look, we're not going to do this alone. So 
All right. So happy people are annoying. Why did you write this book? I know that you said it was kind of like a closing of a chapter, but what are some themes that you felt like clearly there was a message here because so much goes into it that you were like, I want people to know this message. It's important to me. I think, yeah, I wanted to write sort of a self-help book. And so I was like, how do I actually get a publisher to want to publish a self-help book that I've written? And I guess I could hide it as a memoir. So (laughs) that was kind of it. I just wanted to give people views from the halfway point. I think Mm. most self-help books are written by people that seem very Zen and at the finish line. And I wanted to write it from a work in progress standpoint and say, listen, I might just be a couple more steps ahead of you. And here's some good intel from the front lines. Oh, man, I so feel that. I feel like we're eternally in the middle. So whenever whenever people are like, no, I'm so good now, I'm like, please tell me how. (laughs) Right. Because I just I, I feel like, you know, we go on to a new thing and all of our old stuff comes up in a different outfit or comes up in a different way, you know? Is there anything in your life right now? I know that you have so many things that we can learn about in your book that you apply, but is there anything in your life right now that you're like really loving talking about? Like it's just really lighting you up moving forward that like kind of like you have the curiosities around, like you could just talk about it all day long. I think I'm really just trying to delve into like stoicism and my mm. buddy Ryan Holiday who writes about it. He, he had a quote, a tweet the other day of something about like the importance of self-care. Like mm. he's like, it's not your aptitude or ambition that's, that'll win out. It's your sanity. Mm. So like work hard, but like take care of yourself. And I think that's so right. Cause especially lately, I felt like I was working, you know, so much that I was like, just starting to act in a way that I was like, oh, this, this could get out of hand. Just, you know, spread too thin. So I think that's really important. And also I'm trying to give up the need for certainty and, I, <laughs> and, it, and I'm clutching it with everything I've got. But I just feel like ugh, at every turn, it's just like, Josh, let go of this need to know what's going to happen and just like, trust the data that it's always worked out. Like we might be, we're kind of in the, I'm reading Ryan's books again, because I love it. And also just, I have this constant reminder and like mantra that I'm saying in my head is like, we can look at our past, right? Like Josh, you can look at your past and realize that you have gone through hard times and you have always been the creator of success and abundance. Like you've always figured it out. And that is just like that place that I'm at as well. Like letting, I feel like everyone listening is probably like, oh my God, if I could just let go of needing to be certain, that's where so much of our trouble comes from. Needing to be certain and having expectations. I feel like it's like, ah, the thing. So yeah, is there for certainty when you, you know, I I don't know if you wake up at 2 a.m. and you feel uncertain or when it attacks you, I'm not sure when it, when it happens, but is there things you do? Do you pray? Do you meditate? Do you talk to your wife? Do you, are there certain actions you take like on a really uncertain day where you're like, ah, I just feel like shit. Like I can't shake this feeling. I have a therapist that I've gone to forever. I try to talk to sober guys, go to a meeting, talk to my wife, talk to trusted confidants, inevitably just distract myself, try to get busy. I remember when I got sober, you know, guys would say, if you want self-esteem, do esteemable acts. Mm -hmm. And they were just like very pragmatic things. They were like, Mm -hmm. we're not going to contemplate existence or muse on you know, the subtleties of spirituality, go mm-hmm. clean the coffee pot and tell me how you feel after. <laughs> like wow. it was as simple as that. 
Wow. That's so true. That is crazy. I feel like sometimes I can analyze the world to death. And then I'm like, wait, this made me feel worse. I should just go try to make someone else feel better. (laughs) It's so hard. I hate helping people, but it almost Ah! always makes me feel better. I know. Uh, I've had so much fun talking to you. What do you want people to know about your book? Like we want everybody to go and read it because honestly, I love the way your brain works. I listened to, we have a friend, Louis Howes. I listened to you on his interview and I loved it. So thanks for writing it. Like really, truly, it's a great time to have it out. And I'm just glad that you followed the call, even though I know that you're like, holy hell, that was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But so grateful. Where can we get the book? What is the message that you would like to tell people? Like who needs this book? Who is it for? Who could it help? I always say it's just for people like us. And if you know what I mean by that, you know, if you've listened to this podcast and hopefully you know what I mean by that, you can find it wherever books are available. And I think these conversations tend to go deep because I love talking like this. And I hope it's never a barrier for entry for people because it's also pretty fun and and there's some good stories and, and it's, it doesn't have to be an intense read if, if you don't want it to be. It can just be an easy, fun one. Or it can maybe dive in a little deeper too. I'm so grateful. And, and honestly, like I get to interview a lot of people with books and I appreciate your thought process and your range so much. Like you can go here, but you can also be funny. You can do, you're very diverse. And I think that that is like so much fun, which you guys, if you go and read the book and and go research a little bit more, you'll see that he just has so much range, which I think is so great for people to see, because I think you have to have like some unapologeticness to yourself to be able to dance in all of those places. And I think it gives us permission to kind of explore that. So thanks for giving us permission to go in all of the ways and not just be put in a box, you know, with with one thing in our lives. So, so grateful for you, you guys. One of the biggest things that we can do for Josh is to, number one, go get the book and show that you got the book and tag him. And number two, just give him a tag and share this podcast and let him know what your biggest takeaway was from the podcast. And Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Love chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Have a great day, you guys. Until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a 
paywall too. And you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use and it has a free 14 day trial for you. So you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14 day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's gonna streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. 
That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.